listeners, and welcome to the David Crit Podcast. I'm your host, Britt Lawton, and today I'm speaking to artist Stian Dietlifs. Stian is a new artist on the David Crit radar and is currently having his first solo exhibition with us titled Fragments of Our Identity. Fragments of Our Identity is hosted in partnership with Artsy and is an online exhibition consisting of paintings and sculptures. This exhibition opened online on April 10th, 2020 and will be running until May 31st, 2020. So today we're going to first start by getting to know a little bit more about Stian. So do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself? I'm actually quite new to, to the art scene, maybe about three years now. The way I discovered art was uh, with my father, who is blind, um, and we made these sort of decorative um, sculptures and things uh, out of concrete uh, that we tried to sell. And uh, through that uh, process, I discovered art, you know, I discovered that what we were doing was, was art. And uh, it started fascinating me. And uh, of course, I did some uh, just research on my own and uh, took it from there. So, I mean, essentially doing research on your own, that was your first delve into what this whole art world is, really. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Uh, The first piece I saw was uh, a piece from Jackson Pollock, and it was on YouTube, and uh, it was like an auction and it sold for a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, what, what is that? You know, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and uh, I started getting into it more. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's quite amazing that you managed to learn about the arts through almost a traditional lens, looking at, you know, Western artists that a lot of people know about. Um, and that obviously is what attracted you to the style of painting and sculpture that you do. Um, how did you go about finding your visual language? Yeah, it was... I got exposed to to so many artists on my phone, you know, so I was able to see some of these names, you know, like Basquiat, Giacometti, Picasso, of course, and uh, I loved what their work was saying, you know, and uh, I thought I was a sort of outsider, you know, I, I don't come from an art background, and uh, the way I approach my work is by expressing my life, and expressing the people in my life and all these amazing artists I essentially stole from to to create my own world. Thank you that you think I have a unique touch. I think it's very important as an artist to to have a unique style um, because we all view the world differently and we all are able to express it differently. And uh, for me, it's, it's, you know, painting, sculpture, anything that uh, gets my juices flowing. And I suppose in a way, I mean, you, you use the term outsider, like outsider art. Um, mm. And you're not from Joburg, you've been in Richards Bay. Yeah, um, and yeah I but think, there's no art at all. <laughs> yeah, I think there's also a unique story to be told about that environment that's shaped you and your mm. identity. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, like outsider art, I mean... I don't know uh, what that actually means, to be honest. Um, I don't think most people do. But, uh, yeah, it's like uh, a recent artist that I quite like, uh, Jean de Buffet, that was quite invested in, you know, outsider artists. And, yeah, that's something that's uh, interested me. But, yeah, back to (laughs) the environment. 
Uh, Richards Bay is a very industrial town. Well, we have the beach there, we've got some nature and things. And uh, I've been a bum a few years ago, and uh, I was very exposed to nature, and um, I think it, it definitely shaped me, but more the industrial side. I have a close connection with nature, or at least I think so, but um, I respect it and I don't like to, to touch it, you know, I don't like to imitate it. I think it's quite perfect in its, in its form. And uh, yeah, it, it was more the factories and things um, that I used to work in for minimal wage. But that's the way it goes, you know, it's like a, it, it's a crazy world, you know, also the mines and things. It changes you, you know, you have to give your life to that because it's survival, it's the only way to make an income. Um, it's just a crazy sort of, you know, environment. Mm. And uh, I choose to, to express that. It's quite powerful that you use the word survival because I think a lot of artists do see art as a means of survival because it's their mm. only way of expressing their... Mm. Um, it's the, the famous stereotype, you know, that yeah. artists... Yeah, know. for sure. <laughs> and I think not having that influence of formal mm. education about what art is and figuring it out on your own, that's probably where the value lies in finding your own voice. And when, when I speak about your, your work being unique or different, I think a lot of it comes from the textures and materials and stuff that you use, which personally is what attracts me to your work. And I know you also create sculptures, like out of um, found objects and um, concrete. concrete. So I don't know if you want to maybe elaborate on your, your techniques, your mediums, what attracts you to the style of work you make. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy like even if I'm just taking a walk because I walk a lot if I look at you know something a wall or a building or you know just objects like scrap you know being chucked in the streets and things like that some of these objects are attractive to me it's like they have a certain potential and uh, I <laughs> I look at myself as uh, sometimes in my work as, as being a piece of scrap to society almost and I choose to to highlight that and uh, yes I, I prefer to use enamel paints you know industrial tools and things to make my work to highlight that sort of side of things you know this whole idea of the middle class and the poor sort of pushed aside you know people don't really give them much attention you know I sort of force <laughs> I force value onto throwaway things. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, that's also the way that you view the world, I'd say. It almost becomes an ideology where you can see value in yeah, things maybe. that other people yeah. discard. I think art is, for me, art is freedom. In life, we all want freedom. You know, mm. freedom of speech, freedom of, you know, we, we just want to feel free in, in mm. what we do. And art is my way to, to seek that. And the way to, to do that is through truth sometimes, you know. You've got to be honest with yourself or you've got to look deeper than just the surface. So sometimes I make very raw pieces of work. <laughs> and that's I think, lines up with what you mentioned before when you talk about your process of working being almost aggressive. Mm, mm. Yeah, because you're fighting yourself when, when you're making art. <laughs> well, I do. And uh, yeah, sometimes it can be a quick process, sometimes it takes a couple of weeks, but it gets there, you know. And uh, you feel that sense of freedom when 
you're done with the piece when you've expressed what you what you needed to and then you move on <laughs> to make the next one yeah. I feel like in a way you almost answered that question I asked you yesterday where I was like how do you how do you know when an artwork's finished oh yeah because yeah. <laughs> it is difficult it is absolutely difficult because I might even just change it tomorrow I've done that so many times. Mm. People want to buy my work. I said, oh, sorry, it changed. <laughs> I needed a canvas. It's not that I don't like the work. It's just I've got more to say. And you use the like resources available to you. Mm. And mm. I think that's also a powerful aspect of being an artist mm. um, is that ability to adapt to your restrictions. I mm. mean, you've mm. got the certain amounts of materials or time Absolutely. or whatever it is, and you adapt. I mean, every single painting that's going to be in the show in fact every single painting so far that i've made is at least three or four paintings painted over and re reshaped i mean i don't know if you saw when i was working here in uh, the the space downstairs it was something completely different and then the next day when you came it was you know mm. i can just say like i saw you working on this piece and then came upstairs went back downstairs and you spray painted the whole thing black and it's gone <laughs> and then you come the next day and there's a whole entire other artwork there so yeah better keep it away from you i might just change it. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's really cool it's like layering way of working and building up the work and mm. figuring it out as you go along. And I wonder if that translates at all into printmaking. I know you worked a little bit with Roxy mm. from the David Cook workshop. How was your experience with monotypes? Yeah, it was actually, you know what, if, if I'm being honest, it was quite difficult. I wasn't used to that style of working, but uh, I've sort of turned it into a foundation, like a, like a drawing before the painting almost. Um, but I, I love the idea of it and I think I'll continue to do that because I sort of struggle with it. I try to do things I struggle with so it's attractive to me. Is there a plan before you create your sculptures or is that something that happens no. organically? Yeah, no, I love, I love sculpture. I think I feel more at home. Um, well, actually I love painting but sculpture makes me feel more at home because I always sort of let the material do the the talking you know um, I go according to the material I obviously have something in mind like I'm going to do a figure or it's all sort of um, <laughs> almost natural I must say because um, now speaking about the way that you work with sculpture when I first met you and walked into the space where all your artworks were mm. the first thing you did was touch it and you were like come touch it feel, feel yeah, this I don't mind <laughs> um, and that was also quite a cool experience because I think a lot of artists are very precious about their work and mm. you're very much like come and experience it it's you mm. know steal an experience like that's what it is which is super cool yeah it's got to survive it's got to be strong enough to survive if it can't then it's mm. like life. If you can't make it, you can't make it. It's just one of those things. It must take a punch, you know. <laughs> yeah. A... You've got quite a good relationship with it's your dad who, who you worked with mm. in the factory, you said, and that's where you first discovered art and all of that. Do you think that working in that very um, material way is what's translated to the way that you work with your... Absolutely. Uh, you know, so I've worked in factories uh, since I was about 15. Dropped out of school, had to make some cash, you know. Um, and I was working in the industry for minimal wage, like 30 rand a day. And uh, this was my first job. About four years ago, when I decided to work with my father, you know, we were so poor. Um, I was sleeping in, on the floor of this 3x3 three three wooden cabin. 
But it was the best times of my life. We'd wake up every morning, go on long hikes. He's blind, so I would take him through the bush and he wouldn't know where the hell he is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, every day we push each other. We experience it. We, such an overwhelming feeling. But those were the best times of my life, you know. But I remember lying on the floor of the Wendy House and, and I said to myself, you know, I want to make something of my life. You know, I want to I wanna be an artist. I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And we would like save up money just for a bag of cement, not having an idea what we're going to do. But uh, just the fact that we could make art together, we could make these things. And yeah, that, that was just... Even till today, I miss those days. Shortly after, my, my father lost his leg also through diabetes and he couldn't really uh, do these things anymore. And uh, I had to find a job again, you know, back, back in the hustle. Recently, I've decided to let go of that crappy job and uh, focus on my art completely, mm. you know. But I've never really had a lot of money. I've never really had a lot going for me. So for me, art is everything. So it's my life. Right? So yeah, a lot of that is very experiential. And I think that's a lot of what your work reflects as well, is that, as you've mentioned before, the human experience. And it is a very honest and unique and raw journey. And I think going through it together with someone you care about is very powerful. It's exciting to see you on this journey of being an artist, I mean, you've been working in the arts maybe, what, you said three years? Yeah, just about. Yeah. yeah, and this is our first interaction with you, in a way, for this solo exhibition, which is super exciting. So how did you and David Critt come to meet? Um, I had my first show quite recently, a couple of months ago. In, in that process, I got an agent, which has been amazing for me. Um, and he basically made it happen. I actually didn't know much about David Critt. But uh, he, he made it happen, you know, shout out to him, fantastic agent, and uh, he sort of introduced us, and through that I was able to do some research, and, you know, I was very excited to be able to, to work with the guy that's representing these amazing artists like Kentridge, and it's, it's just been fantastic, I mean, the team, you guys are, honestly, you're amazing, you know, give me space to work. You give me access to all these books to, to get a better understanding of art, to get better perspective. It's, it's just, really, it's been fantastic. Yeah. I already consider you guys family. Oh, because mm. we love what we do. And you're welcome to be part of that family because you also clearly love what you do. Mm. So shout out to Arman for introducing yeah, you to definitely. us as well. <laughs> and then obviously the big man, David. For, yeah. for letting this happen, for seeing something in my work. It's exciting for us as well. So thank you for being part of our journey as well. So since coming to Joburg, has it inspired you in any new ways? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I did some... When I came here the first time, I did a couple of pieces. Um, one of them is in the conference room, I think. Yeah, um, It's called Joburg Landscape. But yeah, especially like the amount of homelessness and also the situation over here. Um, it's, it's quite a lot of inspiration that I've been using lately. And also the architecture, of course, it's, it's amazing. I think I'm more inspired over here, actually. I, I think I might just even move here. 
Yeah, I think Joburg's got a very unique energy. It's quite mm. a quite a busy city. I'm sure it's Absolutely. a change of energy from Richard's Bay. Mm, definitely. <laughs> We've got two of your artworks up at the Blue House at the moment. The other one is a more figurative work. Do you want to tell us a little bit oh, about yes. that? Oh, yes. Yeah, Woman. Yeah, Woman 08. Yeah, I've done quite a, a few series on, on women, you know, based on the woman in my life and also just this idea, especially with, with my woman figures, they are quite violent and things, you know. also think it's the way men treat women and see and view them. It was quite a strong subject for me. Yeah, a lot of your works, even sculpturally, do end up becoming quite figurative and they've mm. got... Um, Boobs say, and butts. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to put it a lot gent- gentler in saying like they've got curves but mm. yes they are, they've got boobs and butts a lot of times <laughs> i have to say it is aimed towards traditional sculptures that i've seen that are just amazing and then i sort of do my translation mm. to that but also highlighting the boobs and the butts because that's like the way men view women you know mm. um, yeah it is quite a primal way of looking at each other i guess mm. so yeah you mentioned your your love for for nature um, yet all your works are figurative and of humans, mm. um, and that's... Because I, I think nature is, is perfect, you know. Um, I don't want to imitate that, you know. How do you even compete mm. <laughs> to mm. nature? Um, and I think I don't have a problem with nature, or I don't have like a... I think it's perfect the way it is, mm. but I have more, you know, deeper thoughts on the human condition and uh, the figure and myself, you know. Um, mm. So I try to focus on that because it's it's where I, I find uh, fault, <laughs> almost, you know. Mm. Uh, so I try to, to, um, to visit that place mm. and uh, try and understand this surroundings, this jungle that we've created for ourselves you know do you have a like a favorite work of your own or least favorite no gosh i think i mean you know it's like having a bunch of kids and then (laughs) you know choosing which one is your favorite the thing i like about them because a lot of times i don't like them you know (laughs) i mean you've seen me work a little bit very very hard on myself but if if i have to blow my own horn it would be that each piece teaches me something for the next one. Because I'm constantly trying to create something I've never encountered before, you know. Um, so each time it's like I'm learning, you know, I'm uh, adapting and I'm using certain techniques and, and then I discover, oh, this color goes with that, this texture is interesting. So everything teaches me something. But at the end of the day, a good piece of art should speak for itself. And uh, that's, that's the kind of work I want to create. I want, if, if you're willing to have it, you know, whether it's in your home or wherever, that you have an experience with it mm-hmm. and that the work speaks to you. And also in terms of like learning as you're going along, um, I think that's quite a beautiful way of being an artist because you are constantly learning and I Mm. think that's a you know you can put that to life as well um but I know 
so I asked you if you have any favorite pieces. My favorite pieces are the ones where you've actually kind of burnt the artwork a bit. Oh yeah, on the wood. Yeah, mm. how did how did that come about? Because I think you've brought in a bit of destruction mm. there again in your you know your aggressive way of working, as you've mentioned. So mm. those are my favorite pieces. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, it actually had to be quite delicate so that you don't chip away. Yeah, but it does look uh, quite violent, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I was having a braai one day and I thought, you know, because I had a bunch of these chipboard, yeah, that sort of, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it was lying around and I thought it would be interesting to burn it. And then after it was burnt, I thought, you know, maybe I can create something, yeah. Yeah, challenging yourself, as you say, to find new ways of making and creating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. it's going to be super exciting to host your exhibition. Yeah, and, um, very excited, yeah. Mm, and thanks for working with us, and good luck with the rest of the planning. Mm. And this uncertain time that we find ourselves in, it's, it's still nice to be able to meet an artist and a creative that's excited about making and experiencing the art world in a different way. So. Mm. Let's let's Thank hope you. that goes or continues to grow. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening to the David Kurt podcast. Be sure to visit Stian's exhibition, Fragments of Our Identity, on the David Kurt Projects page on Artsy.